I just remember being in like <laughs> my dining room recording. We did three attempts on that first podcast. Oh, it, was, it was bad. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, Moe's, how's the kombucha I made you? Come on. It's better than uh, the tequila shot that we just took. Can we not say that we did that in the podcast? <laughs> I think we're we're trying to stay brand friendly, guys. Eventually, maybe you know who knows what's gonna happen. But and so I gave him my kombucha, homemade. Guys, check it out. I'll make an Instagram soon. You'll make some content around that with the podcast. Maybe sell it. I don't know. Um, and we got the sparkling water. So we are certified Buzzing. bougie right now. Welcome to Toronto. Blessing. So for those who don't know, Moses from Thunder Bay, the best place on earth, the best. And he came to Toronto for school. And uh, when we graduated, the global pandemic hit. So he had to move back. And thank thank God he's in Toronto so we can do our first in-person interview. This is kind of crazy. Special, eh? I feel like I don't even know you. No. I know you, only know your voice. Yeah. Voice so, of an angel. It's a bit tough. Like <laughs> I like it that way because, my God, this guy does not clean up. I'll tell you that much. Burn animal. Yeah, okay, oh well. so I'll fill for you. Will you, will you uh, grab your water? It was great to be back in Toronto. I actually... I was dropping off my older brother, so we went down to Queen and uh, I forget the street. Anyways, Don't on the way back, Washington, fucking on the way back, I took the scenic route. I went by Ryerson. Mm. I went by uh, our friends at Church and Wellesley. They were lovely. Uh, I saw the whole city, so it was great. It's weird. It, it like I felt it when I came back the other time. I was like. Nothing has changed, but this just like it feels so different. It's just empty. Yeah. And like no culture. Yeah. Well, it was weird seeing there's so many different people here. You don't see that in Thunder Bay. Very white. Very yeah. Very mono. Yeah. Mono chromatic. It was uh, it was refreshing to see so much culture in Toronto. Yeah. A little despite what our friend Kyle Moore might think about. Yeah, Moorzy. Thanks for watching. All right. Um, so we thought we would just do this like year end review, like just in person. We thought reflect on what we've done. Like, I can't believe we've done four months. Mm -hmm. Like this kind of blows my mind. I'm re I remember when we started. I fucking carried this show. I was putting it on my back. <laughs> Sorry to put you <laughs> on the spot. We talked about here. this off the podcast. We did. We did. And hold that mic closer to your face. God damn it. Still learning. I got to keep this done. <laughs> this is brutal. Anyways. Um, yeah, I was kind of carrying it because I was just like really down to do it. And then I think two months in or something, the tables completely turned. Flip the switch. <laughs> we were like, we got to do like, more content for Instagram. We got to yeah. do like graphics No one was listening shit. to the podcast. And for those who don't know, I'm terrible at graphics. You're bad. <laughs> you are bad. For somebody who spends as much time as you do doing video stuff, which is like directly beside design stuff, you are terrible. All right. Thanks for the words of encouragement. <laughs> and uh, I've tried to learn from Moe's, but... It turns into me opening up Photoshop with him and then he just starts working and doesn't say anything. <laughs> he just skips all the steps. So, so many people have this problem. We'll eventually figure that out and learn how to do that. And then try to sell you something. Yeah, exactly. Link in bio. <laughs> uh, anyways, so we wanted to review what was going on. And I think like the most important thing we should talk about is that switch from mainly doing like podcast drop photos and then also like micro content, like clips from the pod. That was kind of a method that worked for a bit, but then we switched to these carousels, which you were taking the lead on and doing like a shitload of work. Like I was just editing the podcast, posting some things, but like you doing these carousels, I think launched our brand or our, the awareness of the podcast, like tenfold. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's all you got? That's all I got. No, Dan, it you was... don't want to tell people how you do it and what's going on? Or do you want me to just continue to carry just the show? carry the show. We're going to go back to the first two months. Okay, the first two months, like, I just remember being in, like, my dining room recording. We did three attempts on that first podcast. Oh, it, was, it was bad. 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 <laughs> I think Moe's told a story that could have been done in two se- two minutes in... Eight minutes or something yeah. like that? It was like brutal, terrible. I was like nervous. Well, and like it's, it's awkward on Zoom because you don't know when to cut in. It's all like there's a delay on Zoom and you're like, I don't want to be rude. In person, I just cut you off. Yeah. <laughs> Standard. I'd catch you in the trolley tracks and just see ya. It was also tough like figuring out where to record. Like yeah. I was doing it by the router and then, then I eventually got like the Ethernet adapter. And then you were in like the basement. It was like terrible. Yeah. I remember getting video like um people were texting me about they're like, why is Mo's always wearing sunglasses <laughs> on the podcast? And two, why is his video quality like so bad? To like 84p or whatever the lowest would be or 144p. But like yeah, it was just hard to like adapt. And we took three tries and then we finally got that first step. And I think people liked it. Yeah. I'm so glad that you were doing all the editing stuff because I would have been cringing so badly. Like I didn't, it was completely hands off for me, which is nice because I didn't even listen to the first, I didn't go back and listen to the first one. I was like, it's out there. Great. Let's I keep going. I haven't listened to a single podcast that we've made. Listen to some clips. So I edit them. So I guess I listen to them. But that, I thought I would hate editing the podcast, but it's not bad. Really? I just listen two times speed. I'm listening through the whole thing. And like, I don't, I mean, sometimes I cringe at the stuff I do. Like... <laughs> on that mo episode i remember like telling my girlfriend about it before bed because it was like making me just cringe like you know when you're like you do something kind of cringy and like you try to fall asleep that night and, and you it just comes can't out of nowhere thinking about it <laughs> and you're like what's what does my life come to um but yeah i was like like he was like saying something that i interrupted him like dude like that man I, I fuck with that and i started going off about like my my girlfriend blowing up on tiktok it's like do you want to like have that millionaire lifestyle like blah blah and i was like and then i end my little tangent and he goes yeah yeah Moses, you said something about dogma and i was like <laughs> i didn't add anything this guy probably thinks i'm crazy i was like yelling like that made me cringe editing that but besides that one cringy moment in my it's not even cringe it's not cringe but like in my head, I thought it was cringe. Besides that, it was like easy to edit the pod. Yeah. I feel like everyone who has a podcast has this conversation multiple times where they're like, we were so cringe when we started and now we're better. But are we? Are we actually? Well, I, I went, I've been listening to Impulsive a bit, Logan Paul's podcast. Fantastic. I went back to episode one of yeah. what they were like. They're like episode whatever, 200 something. They've been buzzing. Dude, they were not good. <laughs> like, you're not good right away. Even these guys who are like superstar, like, just creators and like really confident guys like i was listening i'm like they're interrupting their guests first of all their first guest was a sex doctor or like a sex specialist or whatever it was it was like super awkward conversation and then three minutes in mike malak just goes yo i need five minutes like i gotta go like he just like randomly gets up and everyone's like what the fuck what are you doing and he actually i was reading the comments he wrote about it in his book he's like the the walls started closing in i was sweating it felt like 400 oh really dripping sweat like freaking stage out. fright like super serious like issues like mentally and with like i guess confidence i guess i don't know but he came back and killed the show but this kind of shows like you know we feel like we're bad but like so does everyone else even the guys who are like at the top yeah i'm sure didn't feel millions that and millions of views yeah yeah but yeah besides that i mean that podcast has done wonders i think they started that shortly after the uh 
suicide forest thing with Logan when everyone wanted to cancel that guy. No, I think it was like right before the first. I think, yeah. When was Suicide Forest? 2018? Suicide Forest 2018 or 2017? I think it was a good move to do that because he's I was so thought, relatable now. Like he's people don't think yeah. he's a bad guy, which you couldn't say back then. Because the vlogs and when he's like in entertainment mode, yeah. he's like a character yeah. of himself. And like it's just short Easy snippets. to hate. Whereas the podcast I'm listening to him talk, I'm like, it's just a dude. He's just twenty five, like, you know, is talented, likes what he does, and like I don't agree with everything he says, but at least he's like excuse me. At least he's honest and just like chats mm-hmm. i just feel like i can relate to him and same with mike the 35 year old you're pretty much logan 35 year old streamer <laughs> you have to get on twitch then it'll be complete yeah, yeah one of us has to make a lot of money or i gotta kick you off the pod and get like a 16 year old or something where did that come from you lost uh, you i don't know completely lost all me i'm there. saying is they have like a 10 year divide we only have a two-year divide so i'm thinking i get rid of you two, two in age 10 in body <laughs> as in i have a nice he's a child's body but um, yeah, like I want to get into you. Like you at first were not super invested in the podcast. Like I was kind That's of. That's putting it lightly. That's a beautiful euphemism. I mean, you showed up and like you didn't like hate Record it, it. But like, why were you someone? Why did you like do that thing where I'm always reaching out? Like post this, do this, let's go, let's go, yeah. let's go. Like yeah. why? And then now you're the one messaging me sometimes, getting on you, posting the graphics, making the graphics like crazy. Like yeah. where did you switch? I don't know. I think it's something that I've been thinking about a lot. And it's not just the podcast. It's definitely been other places. I think school is a great example because there's been tons of times where I'm like just completely checked out of assignments and stuff. But I think for me, at least part of it's that I want some level of control. And like, I think that if I'm invested to get invested into something, I think it's important for me to like self-initiate in some way so when somebody else is like we have to do this or we have to do that or we have to like post this graphic a lot of the times that's like me kind of pulling away because I'm like I don't have my own like fingerprint on this project but that changed because I was like oh wait like these people are doing it differently like like they're not just posting all of their stuff like broadcast we were in broadcast mode that's what I think where we were like we recorded a podcast and then we would post a couple graphics, be like, watch this, like consume this without providing any value, I think. And so that flipped when I was like, wait, we can like, we can on ramp people better by just like posting a clip and then like following that up with like a story. That was the biggest switch for me. And I was like, oh, wait, this is great. I can do this. And it wasn't like, didn't take a bunch of time. So I was like, we can get, I can put in 30 minutes or an hour of work right here and we can get like two or three times the value out of the single post. And I was like, this is great. And then from there, it just like kept spinning and getting better. Switch flipped two months in, but it's not just like in the graphics. It's also like, like just showing up for the podcast, like ready to go and excited and like having phone calls where we're planning shit where I'm like, oh, you're like invested. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's like once we hit that like five episode mark where you're like, oh, like I'm, this is something I'm enjoying it. It's weird because like, I don't know. I guess it's, I guess you need someone in your life who's like, this is such a fucking attack. I don't mean this as an attack. <laughs> like you, you, you need someone in your life to like kick your ass, like set the fire and then you go get started. And then you have your own fire. Once yeah. someone like, you're like a giant boulder at the top of a hill. All you need is someone just to like give the little nice nudge, nudge and the then right you direction. sprint. Yeah. You know, like, cause you have so many ideas and you're like a dude who's always reading and learning. I'm not, I really should start. I'm kind of like the guy who's just executing. 
so I think we like play off each other really well that yin and yin yang where we're like you have these great ideas and then I kind of execute them I guess yeah when it do- not when it comes to the graphics of course but when it comes to just like getting the shit done in the pod yeah which is important and that comes up a bunch when I talk to people they want to like talk about ideas or like starting their own thing and they always say like oh you and Will have a great partnership and I'm like yes it's because like we cover bases that we don't have and it was cool because i was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about when steve jobs came back to apple one of the first thing he, he did was hire a uh, i don't know who it was from but they poached uh an executive from like microsoft or one of the other big tech companies precisely because he thought that one of the reasons that apple had failed in his first stint is because they were terrible at executing stuff so it's like one of these and same thing with elon musk like he is I think Tesla's been very open about poaching a bunch of talent from Amazon and from Google um, to help Elon execute on stuff. And I think it's kind of the same idea. I'm not comparing us to that, obviously, but it's the same kind of idea where like, I think I'm old enough now where I'm like, I'm not good at everything. Like I have some blind spots that I'm like, if I don't have people that are kind of pushing me where I'm not good, like things will just not get done. Which is great because you're always like, even though in the moment sometimes I'm like, this is so annoying that he's like messaging me about hashtags or about like posting on the different platforms. But I'm like, after the fact, I'm like, oh, that like that one post, I think a great example of this was we had Rod. No. Yeah. We had Rod Jules on two or three weeks ago. Shout out Rod Jules. Shout out Rod Jules. It was a great interview. Love that. Great interview. Really nice guy He's been posting some fire too. Anyways. um, Hey, he's been posting a lot more since our conversation. So Thanks for the tag or whatever in the mention in the caption, but uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I was playing. gonna say, um, I was not. I remember the night that I was I was making his teaser post that we were gonna post. Um, I didn't want to do it at all. I think I was playing Call of Duty with my boys, and I was like, I don't want to sign off right now because the buzz is great. And then you were messaging me like, "Is the teaser post done?" I don't respond. Three hours later, question mark. What's going on? This is pretty classic. And it was like eight or nine at night. And I was like, I have to get this done. Kind of rushed it, did it quickly. Didn't really expect anything. And that post turned out to be like our best performing post of all time. I don't think it was a teaser. Wasn't it the the page post? Or was it the teaser? It might have been the swipe. Yeah, I think, I think it, was it was the swipe. swipe. That was a really good post. And like his friends like came out yeah. in droves. Like they were like super supportive, which was great. Um, but I want to go into this. Like what? I'm going to go into two hates. So the first one is what do you fucking hate? about the podcast like what is some shit where like you wake up you know it's a podcast work day and you're like fuck i think it's there's there's stuff that i hate when we're actually recording um usually like we're pretty good about and we've gotten better we've gotten a lot better about trying to batch record because the second one that you record in the day is always better because you're warmed up like we have this classic thing where like if you're recording with somebody that you don't know you have to like budget in that first 10 minutes where it's like trying to start your car in the middle of January and it's like freezing cold and your battery's dead. Like it's just always like slow and tough to get into. So I don't like that. Um, and I don't like recording in the morning sometimes because I'm always a guy where I'm like, I need to get my gym in and then I want like two hours to like create something because I always feel like if it gets to like one or two in the afternoon, and I haven't made anything or I haven't done like the most important thing that I need to get done in that day. I'm always like dreading it for the rest of the day. And it's always like a struggle to get started. So recording in the mornings always for me is like, oh, I'm going to have to sacrifice that time that I love to be making stuff because I know that we're going to record. But like after I'm done recording, 
And like that conversation was, and most of the times like that conversation was fire. I love that we like did that. Unless it's a guest I brought on that you don't know. And then you just sit there quietly for about two hours. <laughs> okay, no, that's, that's another thing that I hate. I hate that. Like we, we have gotten smarter about, um, and I guess part of this is like working together and getting more comfortable, but I hate, it's always a balance when you're having a good conversation and you're not the person that's kind of like driving the bus where it's like, you're asking a bunch of questions and the guest is like getting comfortable and you're getting something out of them. I'm always like, do I, and do I ask this question? Like, I don't want to take the vibe that's going on right now and kind of like take it off track, but I feel like I need to ask this question because I wouldn't want to get this person. It's always a struggle to like ask questions and like work yourself into a but conversation. You just, you, honestly, I, I think you just have to, bulldog your way in yeah like it, it's it's as simple as like cutting people off yeah and just interjecting and like not being afraid to do that like sometimes i feel like you're a i don't know if a phrase is the right word i'm just going to use it because i can't think of another one but like you're afraid to like i'm asking all these questions and i have a million things i need to keep this podcast interesting and keep it going yeah, for sure like you're not jumping in sometimes when you could just like cut me off yeah and i can just take that audio of me going like uh, yeah. out of the podcast <laughs> like you know you just go in you yeah know? And I think that's something that you would only know because you edit the podcast. Yeah. It's not so obvious to me. Yeah. You just, you just interrupt me or be like, yo, one second I got this. Or like, yeah. we also came up with our new we little uh, sign, you know, two, two hands <laughs> like this on your ears. That's when you're going to talk. And then if uh, the person saw you do that, they do one ear. So like we have that going. I also was watching the Chicklets, Spit and Chicklets uh, YouTube video. Like no, I, signs. I saw, I saw uh, Whitney was telling Grinelli or not, not telling, like he went like this. On like the stream yeah. and then Grinelli's like oh yeah so there's a story like Wit was telling me about and like he like teed up the story for Wit. yeah and i see biz like does this and shit like it's little hand signals but i guess it that looks a bit weird when you're watching the video yeah I also but most of the matter. times like if you're watching it like i don't know about you but if i'm watching a video on youtube like i'm not there for the video per se i'm not gonna watch it the whole time usually i'll like bugger off and do a million different yeah. things well if you hear something well, for me i do the same but if i like hear them say something that's kind of like funny or like ridiculous like i'll rewind and watch like yeah. what their reactions were because it just adds an extra like yeah level yeah and i'm even noticing right now like zoom sucks zoom's bad zoom sucks it's so tough with the latency too on some yeah. on some ends like right Thunder now wi-fi hello I'm, I'm loving this this is good guys <laughs> there's no we delay have, can you, you we have a couch I have a spare couch if you want to sleep over a couple more days. We do batch episodes. Plus some podcasts. That'd be good. But so you're not asking me what I hate. So I'll just answer for myself. Dude, I hate the micro content. <laughs> I hate I like editing the what podcast. About, what about the micro content do you hate? <sighs> Selecting it, exporting okay, it. Here's the thing. So I'm editing the podcast. I'm in this mode. Like, I'm like clicking away. And then I have to also think, okay, mark this point, write a little caption for the marker. This is like what was said in this micro content. So I have to do that for all like the pieces through editing it. And then afterwards I have to like duplicate that sequence, call one before I even like edit it for YouTube. And like, I just like cut it first with like the markers. Then I have to duplicate that and make like a micro content sequence. Yeah. Then I have to like find the parts where they, they, they like say the interesting stuff. I have to cut out the like dead air parts. So it's like fast choppy micro content. Yep. I have to like scale up, put the text, like there's so much to it. And then I got a post plus I have to edit the final podcast. There's so much going on. Like you're kind of task switching yeah. in a way. And I'm like, oh, I just want to be podcast. an easier way. 
You hire someone. Somebody's going to make some software that's going to make it as easy as like putting two markers down and then not having to worry about it. You know what I hate about the micro content? When I see micro content and I'm like, I just want to grab this and be able to put it in a carousel, but it's like the Zoom feed and you have to crop it in on Premiere and take all the extra steps. So irritating. It's really irritating. And I'm realizing like we should be putting captions on our clips. But you know how long that takes? Yeah, awful. It was the worst thing that you had to do. At, when I worked at TSN, it was like the thing that I resented doing. Well, I don't, you didn't. You definitely didn't watch the live stream I did with Mo that you uh, bailed on. <laughs> but anyways, I did the live stream. I was super nervous. I'll give some backstory on that in a sec. But in that live stream, he dropped a couple like video editing apps yeah. that like auto do captions really easy. Put like that little like timeline thing in the video. So I'm going to like go back and download those apps. That'll probably automate our process. I want to dive into that, that IG live. I've never done an IG live in my life. Never done Stressful. live streaming. I'm not a good on air guy. Like I get yeah. fucking nervous. Same. I have to like, I'm like sweating. My heart's racing. I stumble my words and like I have to do a breathing exercise. I've said and, this and on Mo the pod. Is, Mo is like the complete opposite. Like, he's, he's so, so outgoing. He's so, so charismatic. Good. He fucking carried that live stream. I was like, thank God, Mo, you're Someone a Someone showed up. Holy shit, he's <laughs> great. Uh, made my life easy. So originally, he on the podcast was like, yo, like we should do a live stream like on IG, like before like the Podger drop, like I'm down. Yeah. So I thought he meant on his page because I've seen him live stream with a bunch of people like on his page. I thought he was doing it. So like I messaged him again for the pod drop. Yeah, let's do the live stream, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, sounds good. I'm like getting ready with like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking these, this is what he's going to ask me. I'll answer this. And then like literally like 30 minutes before I'm like, Hey man, like you uh, ready to do this? Like, uh, what do you want to talk about? And like, he was kind of, it felt like he was like weirdly asking me like, what's on your mind, dude? Like, what do you want to talk about? I yeah. thought he was teeing me up. I'm like, we'll talk about this, blah, blah, blah. Then literally like two minutes before he's like, I'm ready whenever you are. I'm like, all right, sounds good. I'm ready too. And then there's like a pause and he's like, you going to invite me to the IG live? And like, because you would assume that it was going on his page. Yeah, yeah. I've, I don't know how to IG live. It's yeah. easy. I'm not, I'm not a boomer. Not, not there yet. It's You're pretty close, easy. But, but I'm still like, what the fuck? I didn't set up my light. Like I had to like set up all this shit. Stress. And I had to go from guest mode where I'm like answering questions and to talking driving the bus to driving the bus. Yeah. And that mind switch, I was freak. I was tired and like yeah. freaking out, super stressing stressed. about the questions that you were gonna ask him. And he nailed it. He literally like would just talk for like long periods of time, drop knowledge Bombs. on people. And I just sat there smiling and nodding. <laughs> so it was fucking great. You know, I had the chain out, had to flex, you know. That's the first thing I noticed. Literally. The I, very first thing I noticed. They the, texted him right after. The, the, the IG live drops and he's just like, don't tell me you intentionally <laughs> brought the chain out. And then I fucking withered away into my bed cringing because I did try to look cool. Chain but out just for here. the IG live. Live is super interesting. I'm going to go on a tangent here. Live is interesting because everything that we do is on demand now. Like if you log on Instagram, you log on YouTube, like you're not searching for anything in particular. Whereas like a live, if you had to click on, like if I see Pigsy or if I see like one of our friends, like I'm going to take everything that I was doing and like shove it aside just to watch live, which makes it like fascinating to me. It's like something that you have to choose to do. Yeah, live is interesting because it's stressful as it is. It's very stressful, but like I left that live. I was stressed during it, but I left it like alive. Yeah. That was, was that a pun? What is that? Anyways, I, I left a it like feeling. Pun. 
really like fresh and good. Like there's something exciting about it. And it kind of makes me think like it'd be fun to do a lot. I know Morsey does it too, but it'd be fun to do those. We had like 15, program them in weekly. There was 15 people watching at yeah. one point or like 18 or something like that. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This is kind of crazy. Yeah. Morsey came in. Shout out Morsey. Life's a Rec podcast. Merch drop coming soon. I maybe have spoiled that. I don't know, but check it I out. I don't know if we can say that. I saw uh, it on the Snapchat though. Looks fire. Looks, uh, looking good. Looks very like hip. But I want to get into... So I, w- I was watching a bunch of impulsive clips last night of like them like beefing, like yelling beefing at each other or like beefing amongst guests each other and a couple of guest ones, but rare. They get heated. But like between like the like dude, Jake Paul one time. Although Mike, I know this. Did you watch that? Yeah. yeah like I watched hard. That. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. Like and Mike dismantled him after. Mike went off and like crushed him. <laughs> but there was, a, there was that one time and then there was one time they had Jake Paul on again and then JP? Mike was like sweating like crazy. Like he was just like, I don't know what was going on, probably anxiety attack. And uh, Jake Paul's like, are you always profusely sweating? Like what's going on? He's just like, oh, yeah, man. I, he like left for five minutes to like change his shirt and like come back and he came back like this. Like he sat down and goes, breathe in the mic, like shaking. Yeah. I was like, like he ran the beep test. Like clearly has after having, slamming BK for lunch, <laughs> clear, clearly having an anxiety attack. But that long tangent aside, the point of me bringing that up is like I want to. I feel like what is nice to listen to is like some honest, hard chat. So I want to ask you, like I asked, what do you hate about the podcast? What do you hate about working you? with me? <laughs> and I'll I'll say what I I mean. I, feel I think like I, think I have a laundry list of stuff that I could talk about, and, and I'm he sure never that tells you me. Too. I ask him. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. I'm going to push boundaries. You got to fucking keep me in check. What do I hate about working with you? Uh, I Okay, so the biggest thing that I don't think... I don't think that we've talked about this uh, even privately before, but I, I do think that we have two very different aesthetic tastes where I'm like, I, I like pushing stuff. And like, my biggest thing is that I like I like work and ideas that are wrong, like technically wrong, but are interesting. Whereas I think that you are very focused on stuff that's like technically right. Um, but sometimes I think it's uninteresting at times where it's like that text isn't legible or like that's not in the right position. But I almost think that like sometimes even having something wrong is interesting because it will like stop somebody in their tracks and say like, oh, why did that person do that? Like when the text is like smaller and I can't really yeah. read it. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know, I think I, we have different aesthetic tastes. 100%. And I think part of it's that you're a videographer and I'm a designer. Like, I, I know think, video, but I'm not, I would never call myself like a videographer. I think you're sort of right with the video graphic thing, but I think what's more accurate is I think creatives like fall on a spectrum. There are creators like me who, are like, I'm creative, but like, I'm not out of the box creative. Like, I'm very much within. What does that mean? So the box, I think, is you learn a set of rules and principles yeah. when creating something. We're going to stick with video. Like, what is, like, the fundamentals and what are, what's, like, status quo? Yeah. And then there's creators, like Gibson Hazard, and I think, like, you, too. That's why I always ref, I always hit you up, like, what do you think of this video, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because you're very outside of the box creative. You're a big mm-hmm. thinker, big, like, try new things, incorporate old ideas with new and stuff. And you, like, really think about what you're making, yeah. whereas I'm... I'll think about it, but I don't go deep and I Mm -hmm. don't, and you make jokes about me. You're like, you're, this was a funny one. You said, you're like, well, I'm not like you where I just shut off my brain and just uh, (laughs) edit a whole video in a couple hours and just not think about it. I'm like, as much as like, that's obviously a joke and I do think about shit, but it's kind of true. 
Yeah. Like I will just like get it done. Something that works. Something that works. And it's not necessarily like innovative or groundbreaking, but, but tasteful it, still. It, it's not, this isn't Mo's saying I'm bad or I'm not saying I'm bad either. I'm just saying it's fitting into a box. Yeah. And I think you're outside of a box. And that's where, like we said earlier, um, filling in each other's gaps. Yeah. Like I think it's you, healthy. You're very creative and I'm very like execute like business. Yeah. And like rigid and robo and shit. Like you always call me Robocop. <laughs> Robocop. Um, that's where we like, we play into each other. So I can see where there's like disagreements. And I think the most important thing is like, I just take the L's. I'll take, I, I don't, I'll back down and take the L's because what is that even worth the emotional stress to be like, no, we should do this content idea. We should do this or this. It's like, let's just get it out and we're going to learn what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And we're wasting so much energy, like arguing or complaining. Absolutely. And I think on the flip side, if that's you staying in the box and like making something that's tasteful, um, but not pushing any manners, I think the flip side of that is that I, I push a bunch of workout that, that sometimes doesn't make sense. And it's like too far on the out of box side where I'm like, I post it and then I'm like, oh, wait, this didn't resonate or this didn't hit because it was like too far outside. Of- you, you spend a little too much time. on Yeah, it. yeah, absolutely. Because like, you get really like all creatives are very emotional. Yeah. Whereas I'm not as emotional about like my babies and my work and like um, it's called like killing your darlings or something yeah. like moving on to the next. And I think you dive really deep into sometimes absolutely and put yourself in your work. Yeah. And that can get dangerous when it's like, dude, we just need something. Yeah. For like, sure. Let's go. It's seven o'clock. I, I have it? always struggled to hit that balance for sure. It, it's just, it, it comes over time. I think it also comes with like age and just being like, I don't know. You just like go through the motions enough. You just learn from what doesn't work. Yeah. And I've gotten better. I think that, like before I worked at TSN, like it was awful where I was like, I'm just pushing stuff that I like. Uh, and then working at TSN, it was definitely this transition of like, oh, we need. And I mean, like anyone who I worked with at TSN would tell you that like I was still bad at it where I was like, this just needs to be like we're, we have like breaking news. Like we just need to put this in a template and get it out because that's all this is. Um, but it was definitely a struggle where I'm like, sometimes you don't need the craziest thing. Sometimes like you're just posting this because it's information and that's fine. I think the bigger point it comes back to is that like the context within we're wor- that we're working in now, like so often we're just shipping work that's going to end up on a glass screen. And sometimes I think that does get lost where I'm like, I want to have fun and try stuff out. But at the end of the day, like it's just going to get put into a feed and people are going to see it. So it almost like defeats the purpose sometimes. Yeah. I think we, we've seen it in, in, in work where like I've like got you some jobs and like, I'm like in there consulting project managing and like, the client is like, I want this done. And you're like pushing back so hard because you spent all this time and maybe you're you're thinking a million things. But from what I, my biggest takeaway was like, you're putting in emotional energy and you're like, how many more times am I going to start up this emotional um, train? Yeah, or car. And I think it stifles and ruins the conversation to get to the best idea because your idea is not the best. The client's idea is not the best. It's, that's not, that's not right. One of the ideas is better or an amalgamation is, but oftentimes it's never like an argument. And you a, always and have a to dis- compromise, a dis- I think. A discussion of what we should do and whatever it is, whatever like work it is, it's not whose idea is the best. It's just what idea is the best. Yeah. You got to take yourself out of it. And I think when we started working a lot together and I would need you to do things for me or I did things for you, like I always came at the approach of like, dude, this is why I think it's good for these reasons, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that those are wrong? Like, ex- like fight my reasons and my Push idea, back. not me. Yeah. 
like let's just get to the best idea i don't care if it's your idea i just want the best product yeah for sure and that's a hard thing i think mainly for young people because we're just more emotional you can see it like young people are more empathetic and more you know emotionally charged so you just gotta like let that go yeah and just move on and the only way that you do that is making more work i want to go back to gizm hazard because that's something that i've been like watching over the christmas break his style we we did a podcast earlier um that we can link in this one um but one thing that i want to talk about that i don't think that we talked about before everyone looks at gizm hazard's work and they're like this is incredible and i think for the most part it's because like it's so different than everything else that's out there um, but I was actually like retracing some of the concerts and stuff that he's done. And part of the reason I think that he's been able to like carve out this niche and this style that everyone's like, I see this and I know this is a Gibson hazard video is because like, it's on top of great lighting, like people stage lighting, stage design. Those people get paid a lot of money to make those artists look good. And I don't think that we think about all that all the time. Um, I was watching this documentary on Netflix about, this stage designer named Ez Devlin, and she's fantastic. Like she made, um, she's done Kanye, Beyonce, Jay-Z, like all the big A-list music celebrities, all of them. And her work is like almost in the background of his work. And it's like he is being brought on to kind of like video that, but also like layer his own like interpretation or like create a flair on top of that. But nobody else thinks about that. They always think like, oh, it's the transition or, oh, it's the lighting. But it's like, all of these things that came before he ever picked up a camera that like enabled those conditions to happen. And it's been so interesting for me to like jump into that rabbit hole and like really like look into everything that kind of like came before he ever like picked up the camera. Right. And in addition, like piggybacking on that, it's like, I think everyone, everyone has those tools that you're bringing up. It's not just Gibson Hazard. Anyone who's doing a concert thing has the stage design and the lighting, but it's almost like, I don't know if he actively did this in his brain, but like the way he, the way he looks at the field he's playing on and all the tools, whatever it is, um, he is able to utilize them in his own way. That's so creative with mm-hmm. like the stage design. And if you look at the Travis Scott one he did from like 2016, like they had the, like the eagle and the bird and shit. And like he just used all that or even Drake with the scorpion, yeah. the scorpion tour. Like he's just utilizing like so he's utilizing the tools that he's given to at the concert in a way that just it's so I, I don't even have words to describe this i haven't thought about it enough but i just think the way he's using the tools he's given is just what has propelled him i think he's laid into that yeah that might be what your point is like what's so interesting about him is that he's really leans into those tools of set design the lighting that he's given yeah and everything and that's what's setting him apart whereas i look at a lot of concert videos and they don't really use shot of the crowd sh- and then yeah. shot of the performer and then but he's going into like the actual design of what, yeah. like, what is the what is the art direction of this tour, and how can I implement this in the video? Yeah, and I think like part of that is that he is like embedded himself in the tour. Like it's not like he's just like doing one concert here and one concert there. Like with Drake, he followed him throughout the tour, and then the video is like the end product of like months and months and months of like being there, like absorbing everything the experience it was to be at that concert, which is so interesting. And like part of it's like, where else if you're a videographer, are you going to get a scene where it's like the stage is like being video mapped and there's like a shark underneath. Like there's so much visual interest there. It's like 
instead of fighting against that or just shooting Drake or just shooting the crowd and being like generic, it's about like taking the ideas and whatever you're seeing on the screen and like extending that conversation, like really like bringing out what's the message there and just like creating something where you couldn't get it before. And where I want to segue into is that like we had Leo, the creator on and he mentioned, um, he mentioned it, the person that runs it's Josh Blessing. I don't know what the production company is, but it, I sent you a couple of videos where it's, I can send you one right now um, where it was like they don't just do video. They do a bunch of like um, work with sports teams where they spend days building these sets and they have like crazy lighting and they have like scenes that you would never be able to catch. You'd never be able to capture straight out of your camera because like they've been very intentional about like creating that scene. Um, and about Elite Edge, Elite Edge, yeah. yes, yeah, I blanked on the name. Elite Edge, like production. productions, yeah. yeah, Unreal, and they they're able to create scenes and like images. I think what this comes back to is like how, outside of what's just being shot like straight out of your camera, like how do you build an image with interest that like you can't get anywhere else? And that's where I'm like, if you are a videographer, if you are a designer, I look at like the market kind of in a bigger sense, where it's like there's all of this talent pouring in. We talk about a bunch of people on TikTok or on Instagram where it's like this person isn't exceptional technically, but it's like they have created a story or they made this their own. I think the example that you had the other week was this um, videographer or photographer that like set up the story beforehand where it was like, oh, I found this random couple on the street and I'm going to give them Christmas photos. And it's like you've taken the end product, the photo, and you've added this story on top of it and it's made it like so much more interesting where I think that is just going to continue to happen more and more where it's like the craft or the end product itself, it's being disrupted by like where the content lives and like what you can do to set up beforehand, whether that's like building out a set, whether that's like being on a music tour. It's like, I think what's being made is changing more and more and more, more than we saw when we started in school in 2016. But those are two different things. They are. You, so you meant you're referencing Josh Blessings and Elite, Elite Edge. Edge, and then you reference this TikToker, Alex Stemp, does incredible TikToks where he like does an act of kindness, goes up to random people, takes photos. Mm-hmm. One Elite Edge is being pretty for the sake of being pretty. Yeah. There's no story. And taking that to an extreme. It's just design and like art direction that's like yeah. pretty to be pretty and technical to be technical. But the Alex Stem guy, like his photography is not like out of this world, amazing Sam Damashek quality or mm-hmm. or whatever. But he plays into the human experience with yeah. a lower level of um, lower level of production. So those are two different things. I don't know if you can compare them because I would say that they're on like two ends of a spectrum where one's like we're pushing production as far as we can. And the others were like, we don't have much production, but we're going to like innovate and create a story around it. Yeah. And as a content creator, you have to think like, I think the pinnacle is using both where you tell a story that's high production and really pretty mm-hmm. or not tell a story. Telling a story is too vague, like telling a story of the human experience yeah, and meeting that with production, high quality uh, design and art direction. That's like the pinnacle. Um, but it's something I think I struggle with a lot is trying to understand what the human experience is and tap into that. That's what people want to consume mm-hmm. more than anything. I think even a Gibson Hazard where it's like technically beautiful, most of his stuff doesn't tap into what it's like to be a person. Yeah. And people can't connect with it the same way. They just go, this is really pretty. Yeah. Like how do you influence and attract the world? It's like 
you, you have to lean into like what people feel day to day or yeah. week to week or whatever. The feeling that that couple got when they're like surprised by this photo shoot and it's so romantic and well, they had this people, moment. Yeah. How many people are in the Christmas time with their girlfriend or boyfriend? Yeah. Whatever. Like beautiful it's, setting. It's like yeah. the Christmas market. It's like we, if we could have a photo here, we would have loved that. But that experience wasn't possible before this like content format with photographers or videographers like caught fire. And now it's like, a photo doesn't catch on, but like a photo with a story before it might get like 1 million to 2 million views, which is crazy. So I, I want to go back a bit. Okay. Is there anything else you hate about working with me? Anything else that I hate about working with you? The reason I ask this be- is because I'm trying to stick it to you and I is because I've had some people say to me, they're like, I love when you guys banter and like talk between the two mm-hmm. of you and not get two big ideas. Like they like the big idea stuff. Sure. But also like they like us. The buzz. So what like. If there is nothing, like we can move on. I mean, Perfect. I can say my thing, but whatever you it's want. It's myopic. No. Um, I think it, it, like it's a double-edged sword. Like we said, we kind of started this conversation by saying that like you map skills that I don't have or that I'm weak in. And part of that is like you are so focused on like pushing out ideas and the execution of the ideas and like getting those ideas out in the process of doing that. And I think a lot of the times like you catch me when I'm like reading something or when I'm like not working, going off on a rant, going off on a rant. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, 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 let's get out of the clouds for a second. Can we get on the ground? I have this great idea that I have to tell you about and I'm going to forget it if I don't tell you right now. And then you're like, no, we have to post this Instagram thing. Like, have you started working on it? And I was like, oh, n- no, I haven't. Because that's the <laughs> shitty part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the part of like the work that you don't want. Like, the idea is so sexy and it's like you're so naive to like what it's going to take to get that idea out in the world. Um, so a lot of the times it's like my frustration is sometimes our, and part of this is that like you live in Toronto, I live in Thunder Bay. We don't have like a perfect transparency with like what we're doing with our time. And that's changed a lot. Like we had a big conversation before we went on Christmas break about like scheduling days just to make content, scheduling days just to do podcasts. Um, so that's going to help a lot. But the friction that I felt was like, um, sometimes I'm going to be like thinking about an idea or like trying to like ideate and come up with new stuff. Um, and think about like the strategy of the podcast and then you come in and you're like that's great but we need something that's going to move that forward and it comes back to like you text me at 12 in the morning in the afternoon you're like have you started yet question mark and I'll see it and I'll be like fuck I have to start okay and then an hour will go by and I haven't responded but I've been working about I'm working on this project or this carousel this IG post for the hour and you're like dude what the fuck where are you and I'm like I've been working on it but I just forgot to text you so I think communication has been a point of friction for sure for me yeah I think that's something if I were to say I hate hate such a strong word I don't really hate anything about you but we're gonna do it just for the content uh but not the best communicator no it's just yeah I guess it's just like I think the biggest problem is not being next to each other. Like at school, like when you're there around, like I can just like, yo, I need this. What are you doing? And there's that energy yeah. transfer where you're like, okay, I got to go. Whereas yeah. text, it's like you can see it and just like go about your business. All I need is a K. Yeah. Even that, if that seems disrespectful. And I, f- K, I forget K, to do it so, like a lot of the time, like a bunch so often. I think so many people are like, I'll do that sometimes too. For me, I don't reply to some things because I'm like, I have text anxiety. Absolutely. Like I get anxious when I'm like, someone's like, I need this thing or like, what's going on with this? And I go, I don't know what to say right now, even though like I'm working on it. Like I just like will like leave it on red or like not yeah. reply for a long time. And it's like, just do the thing. I think a lot of people connect with that. Like it is ang- ang- like, do you deal with anxiety when it comes to like texting or is it 
not just, not okay so not texting in general but like more specifically if you have if there's like mutual agreement that something has to get done that day and it's either not started or not finished or i'm like instead of texting them back and like breaking up my flow i can just like keep working on this for 30 minutes and i'll be done and then i'll post it and he'll see it like that is the rub for me where i'm like i don't want to like break whatever i'm doing to like respond to somebody even if it's going to take like a second because um the flow for me is where like part we have this this kind of running joke that a lot of the time i'm a guy where it's like an idea comes and you just like run with it or like you something will go in one year and like just completely go out the other one. Um, and I'm very like, I guess it's kind of a form of being impulsive, but at the same time, the benefit of it is like, I will get fat, like in my mind, I will get farther faster just by like working on the thing or whatever I'm doing but versus the appearance like responding. Of that, but when you do that, the appearance of that to outsiders is like, you're this aloof. guy doesn't care. You're aloof. Yeah, aloof. It's not like doesn't care. It's like, you do care because I talk to you and people talk to you and they go, this guy like really cares, cares about a lot. a lot. Yeah. Like more than a lot of people. Average people. About what you're doing. But when you are, I guess, it's just aloof. It just seems like you're like, it, you're just like not a pro. Yeah. I guess like that's a word I can think of. It's like a pro always shows up. Yeah. Always on time. Always yeah. like ready and listening. But it's not like, I wouldn't say you're not a pro. Like you are a pro. Yeah. It's just sometimes the appearance. that layer of communication on top of whatever you're doing it's just like um the practicum group at school our final project we were doing a big doc and i thought like you'd be a great asset to have on the team but people had like a idea of you based off of certain um interactions where they're like patterns no, this guy's like aloof he's yeah. not reliable even though like you are reliable it's just if the circumstance isn't like good you're not going to be reliable yeah and that's kind of fair I, I would say that I am there's there's a lot of times where I'm unreliable but on the flip side of that it kind of like feeds back into the work no but the thing is like this is, shouldn't be a bash it, I'm not bashing you like I've seen you absolutely like change like a motherfucker yeah like you you used to be way more unreliable showing yeah. up two hours late to hang out or like <laughs> not doing I don't think I ever showed up two hours late but I was like consistently like an hour late or it was no, like there was some two hours or it was like we'd be hanging out and then I would go down to my room to like work on something because I had an idea and I'd be like, I'm just grabbing a glass of water or a beer, guys. And then like I'd come back 30 minutes later yeah. and I'd be like, where did you go? And I was like, oh, well, I was working on this graphic. It was great. I got it done. And you'd be like, what the fuck? Like, what are you yeah. doing? Or even on the work side, not just hanging out, like, you know, just like there's been times where like you were supposed to give me something that you never did and I had to make it my own. It was terrible, <laughs> but I've seen a noticeable change. I think that's what's admirable is that people have certain character traits, but over time you fight them and you beat them. Yeah. And that's, I think I don't care about what you are right now, but if in the future you change and like yeah, you're actively good. working on it, like that's, that's so fucking powerful yeah. in my eyes. It's great. I've just seen a couple people in my life. I'm like, Holy shit. Like you listen so and you're like moving in a good direction. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to do. Over time, like you're making all these actions, you're doing all these reps of like behavioral traits or things that you do. And you're like kind of carving this groove out in your life, in your person, in your character. Mm -hmm. And when you carve out that groove so deep, it's hard to like hop out of it to get into creating a new one and adapting to something new. And it's just so... It's so hard yeah. to fucking change. It just but, becomes what automatic it, at one point. But what? But what? Do you think there needs to be like a catalytic 
is that a word catalytic or a catalyst where something hits you really hard you hit rock bottom and then you break that groove yeah well i, I think i think it happens in one of two ways either that happens where it's like i think there's a great do you know who jace jarvis is he's like very very famous action photographer and now he started this uh Creative business is very similar to the future where like they have on-demand videos. Anyways, he uh, was this action photographer. He did huge shoots with all like the big names in the action sports. And then he was on a shoot at a mountain one day. Avalanche hits. Um, he gets buried in it. Everyone that he's with gets buried in it. And he had one of those moments where it's like something has to change. I think he was like unprepared or something. But he had that moment and he was like, I'm not stretching myself with photography anymore. I need to do something else that's going to like activate me creatively. So it can happen in that way where it's like this one time thing that just like changes you. I think for me with what we were talking about before and for a lot of things, like I, I would I would be the first to say that I'm very slow to change. And it's something that happens over like months and months where you're like at first you notice it and you might ignore it. You're like, it's not a big deal. But as it happens like more consistently and you keep noticing it, it's something for me where I'm like, OK, I know that I'm unorganized. I know that I lose files sometimes when I'm like on a big project. Like I need to care more about organization because it's getting in the way of the creative. It's getting in the way of the final product. Mm -hmm. So I think it happens in two ways. And I think it's different for everyone. And I think it's just like when you're playing sports, everyone reacts differently. I remember when I played sports and my coach yelled at me and was like, didn't respond well. Well, you're fucking idiots. God, <laughs> put some muscle on it. I did not react well. Yeah. I, I think I'm the opposite. Negative reinforcement. I need something like, dude, you did it wrong. This is how you do it right. Yeah. Let's adapt here. Okay. Like yeah. I believe in you. Yeah. I need that. Whereas you're the kind of guy where like, if I'm like tough on you, like you don't shut down. No. If I, I almost like it tough, more. You like it more. Yeah. And that's where I think it's hard when you work with clients, like people, like, let's say you're like shit in the bed on something. Like they're like, I don't know what to say to Moe's. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. I'm like, and I explain what it is. Like, you just got to be hard. And they're like, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. So it's tough, tough to balance. For that. sure. Which is why I think like the projects that we've worked on, what I found helpful with you is that like, I can always trust that you're like, you're going to be honest and you're going to have like a very objective view of things where I think sometimes I lose that for sure. And I do respond better to like, it's funny because I don't think that I respond particularly well to criticism, like regardless of who it comes from. But I do think that um, I do respond to people that are kind of more like hard nosed. Mm -hmm. like I think you respond blunt. pretty well as long as there are for sure facts and like yeah. points. Yeah. Not just like it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Like what does that, that mean? <laughs> All right. So we were talking a lot about the negative stuff. Stuff that we hate. Well, let's go into what we fucking love about the podcast. And you were you were saying something before we just took a little pee break there. You have a book underneath your mic. Your right book. Now. Well, my book. Your book. Uh, it's The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. And Moe's just learned the other day, apparently, that uh, J.R. Tolkien, the writer of Lord of the Rings, and some other fantasy writers, along with C.S. Lewis, who wrote Narnia, they were all in like a writing group. Yeah. And they like came and like uh, exchanged ideas and yeah. just like chatted how to make their worlds better and be and bigger. Um, and you were saying something about how that kind of relates to our podcast. I do. I think one of the most surprising things and one of the things that I love the most about doing this and then doing this for four months, much different than just like having five podcasts out there, is that there's like this community building around what we're doing. And I didn't, that was something that I never saw coming, but it's something where I'm like, 
oh, now I have like five to ten like new people that I can just bounce ideas off of. And they're like so psyched. They're like, oh, I wish I had this person when I started out because I like I think one of the things I struggle with sometimes is that I will have an idea that I think is sick in my head. But I'm like, do other people think this is good? Like I have no no like barometer of quality outside of like my own bubble and that's one of the things that I've loved like working more closely with you but also having like this kind of bigger community of people around us where it's like I don't have to always go to you now like I can ask like a videographer like a designer like is this cool is this good and I didn't have that community before so that was awesome to like see develop yeah grow organically and it literally started just dming hey yeah What's good? Like I have this podcast. We talk about a lot of stuff you talk about and what you do. Love to have you on. And I found the majority, all the people who got back to me, they ended up following me and like interacting with our stuff. They love our page. They're super cool guys. Yeah. And I'm sure like if we were, whenever coronavirus ends and we can go to the States again, because most of these guys are from the States, like we had Blaze. He's like, dude, whenever you're in LA, let's yeah. fucking buzz. Same with Raw Jewels. Like he's in that area as yeah, well. He's, well, he's south. He's San yeah. Diego, but two hour drive. Three with traffic. Uh, four with traffic. <laughs> Anyways, um, but Hello. seriously, like the community building off this podcast, like that's what I'm loving the most. And like ever since we started doing two podcasts a week or doing just more episodes recording, like I've found I've gotten better at talking and it's just like opened us up to so many more people because the more podcasts we do, the more reach we get because people who are on the podcast share it on their pages, whether they have 2000 followers, 500, 3000, 6,000, whatever it is, like we're getting so much more exposure off of that. And other people that are similarly minded to their guests that we have on, they're following us. And who knows, we're going to have them on probably too, because yeah. we want to talk to more people who maybe aren't as known or are as known as a big guy, like a Gibson Hazard and just like hearing their ideas. I just mm. want to like dive into more. Yeah. It's just like a connection. Like you can tell like when we're talking to some of these guys, they're like, oh, these guys get it. Yeah. They're not just some like random media outlets. Like, oh no, they're like us. Yeah. They just do a podcast. Yeah. Which I've loved. I love that. But another thing I love about the podcast, I kind of like editing the podcast. Really? It's fun. I like editing it, editing it and getting it done. Yeah. That feels good. Yeah. And I'm like, this sounds good. But man, the micro content. Ugh. But yeah, I think the recording and the editing, I, I love interacting in the DMs and like networking. I love that stuff. So it's going to be tough because one day we got to like get an editor for the yeah. podcast just to save time. Yeah. Because what I'm finding fruitful and we talked about this with Mo is like, what are the things that you love the most? What are the things you dislike the most and focus more on what you love and then delegate work to an employee of what you don't love, but also like find out what is going to give you the most percentage of pr- like progression and productivity for the least amount of work mm-hmm. or or what what gives you the most productivity that makes you the most fulfilled yeah. and like dive into that yeah. like for me it's interacting in the dms and networking yeah i love that yeah. and the more i did that i saw the more podcasts grew yeah for sure so it's like when do you make that decision to you know let go of the things you don't like that much that take up a lot of time yeah and i think it's scary too because you're like handing off your child as well your little baby to an editor where you're like, I can't guarantee that this person like knows all of like the intricacies that go into this. Mm-hmm. Or like, how do we want to be perceived? Yeah. And like, does he edit it? And then we yeah. watch it. We have to watch our podcast after our editor edits it. Yeah. Like, fuck. Or if we say some dumb shit. Yeah. That's like really like offensive. And the, and the person doesn't think it's offensive. So they leave it in. That's why you get, I have a, I have a close friend who does audio really well. Maybe 
I'll hire him. Yeah, there you Who go. Knows, you know, unnamed spread the close wealth. friend. Um, what else has surprised you about doing the podcast? What has surprised me? Outside of like the people, I think the people's the obvious one for me where it's like, I didn't know that this community was so willing, I guess, and like excited. Like how many times have we thought about bringing somebody on and then I'm like, okay, just like reach out to them and see what they say. Like maybe they say no. And, and expect, then you'll go back yeah. and you'll be like, oh, they're like so excited to get on. They're like, yo man, this is dope. I love your page. Yeah. Like I'd love to come on and chat. Yeah. It's like, whoa, I did not expect no. that. That surprised when Mo got back to me. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, this guy has time for a podcast. And I really, we really appreciate you coming on, Mo's. Like, it was Mo, not Mo's. It was funny, though, on that podcast, just to go back to some stories from the pod, he called you Mosey. Mosey. He thought that was your name. Yeah. Did you not notice that? No. He was like, do I call you Moses or Mosey? What is it? And he's, you're just like, oh, it's Mose. He's like, all right, Mosey. And he yeah. started calling you because I was editing and I saw I mean, there's like, a million different ways that you can say it. But it's so funny so to think used to that it he thinks that's your point. name. It's so funny. <laughs> it's just Mose. But like what surprised me with the podcast, really just the fact that we're getting these guests and I'm really not someone comfortable being like, I like being the center of attention with my friends. Yeah. Like, you know me, I'm, I can be loud and like Love a dick groups. and say abrasive shit. Abrasive. Yeah. That's Ab putting it lightly. Abrasive stuff to like people. I can be a little like, I don't know. It can come across wrong. Yeah. Bad filter. For sure. Um, Just ask my girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> What was I going to say? Um, well, what surprised me is like how comfortable I've got talking to new people. And you wouldn't have seen that coming before no. you started the podcast. Dude, I remember that first podcast. My heart was racing as it I'm was like, just I us. have the intro. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say like, what's up, guys? Welcome back. Yeah. Like, like I, comment and subscribe. Or at the end, like I was like scared in front of like a guest to be like, all right, guys, make sure to follow us here. Blah, blah, blah. Like that yeah. content creator thing. But like now it's natural. It's just well, no, it's not natural yet, but it's like getting there. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm surprised at. It's like, holy shit. I didn't think I'd be comfortable like mm -hmm. i've never been good presenting in school always Same. freak out sweating Same. like fucking turning beat red like just like losing my mind yeah um but yeah that's what i'm surprised about but like what about you i think uh one of the things that surprised me about making content and like putting it out is how difficult even like the smallest of stuff is like even exporting a video in premiere or like resizing uh a zoom feed to fit like one to one or like 16 or nine by 16 like it's all the small stuff that you don't think about, but it like really adds up where it's like, this is difficult. And it'd be so easy to just like hand that off to somebody. And I think what we've talked about before, um, maybe not on the podcast is like the, the execution of stuff, like the small stuff that I just mentioned is getting cheaper and cheaper to like hand off where it's like, I know people that have like very large podcasts with like millions of followers and they pay somebody, I think it's like, like nine to $12 international to like handle everything with a podcast where like they record and they send all their files off and they don't worry about it. And they have a new podcast coming out every single week or even twice a week. And yeah. I think what we started this podcast and we both agreed, this is like not going to be our thing. Yeah. It's just part of our overall like work and lifestyle yeah. and what we want to do. But as we've noticed doing two podcasts a week, making all the micro content, it's kind of our thing. Yeah. So I don't know if a podcast is something that should ever be someone's thing. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I believe that because it, it 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 should be a way to get your ideas out and get people to understand who you are and get mm -hmm. micro content off of. But like you got to like have a more rounded, I think, you know, not you got to like, what am I saying? Like you have to do this or yeah. that. Like, like, you know, yeah, like I fucking know. <laughs> but I, I do think like 
I guess for me, I, I don't want it to be my thing. I just want it to be part of the giant spider web that yeah. I've made of what I enjoy to do. What I find awkward is always like when it comes up in conversation, like classic oh. Christmas dinner scenario. We're like, oh, I, I don't think even at this point right now, I'm comfortable saying like, oh, I do a podcast because I don't think that the podcast is the full time thing. I think the podcast supports so much other stuff on top of it, whether it's like connecting with new people, finding new clients, getting your worldview out there, like all of that stuff that it enables. But I don't think the average person would understand that that's like what the podcast is for. Well, also, like I always get really uncomfortable. I usually don't bring it up. And my girlfriend was like, <laughs> like, dude, hide it. <laughs> just be like super confident about it. Just like stand up straight when someone asks, like, what are you doing? And just fucking say it. Yeah. Because you're going to see like she's like, I think you'll actually be more confident on the podcast. Yeah. If you talk outside of the podcast about your podcast yeah it's going to be more interesting and people aren't some people are going to be dicks and be like oh every fucking guy under 30 or yeah. girl under 30 like has a podcast they think they're so special these like zoomers and millennials and shit yeah. but like i don't know, you just gotta own it when we were starting out and even kind of now it's like people say oh what's your podcast about yeah and i'm like so broad fuck but now we kind of we just talk to creators we yeah. talk to marketers and we just like chat about our experiences the stories maybe some tidbits they can give some knowledge, some information value. Um, but at the beginning, it's like, you kind of say what, Oh, we're do I'm doing this podcast. I say, what's it about? And I kind of just like, was like giving an answer where they're like, what are these guys doing? Yeah. You guys don't even know what they they're don't doing. know what they're doing. They don't even know what they're doing. Why would I listen to it? So yeah. it's like, you almost have to have just a script ready, yeah. which I need to fucking write. You or need something. the elevator pitch. Just they say, Oh, what are you doing? Like during quarantine? Oh, I do a podcast and like, I'm a videographer as well. Like, what's your podcast about? And you just fucking have yeah. a one sentence. Bang, bang. Boom. I think they taught us that in school. You might not have been there for that lesson, but that's fine. Yeah, I didn't really uh, show up to class. You show up to class. I'm a super cool Hardo. kid. Computer desk well, warrior. We're going a little long here, but I want to end on this. Okay. Let's reflect what on some... What are we some... doing for lunch? Well, we'll figure that out. We'll give uh, Max Lewis a call. <laughs> Podcast alumni. Um, What's what are your some, question? What are some like standout moments on the podcast? Uh, what are some like stories where you're like, dude, this is... The first interview that I thought like went really, really well... Uh, was Sarah's interview. I thought she killed it. Um, oh, and it was the first that. time that I've noticed that like you don't necessarily have to be good on air. You don't have to be great at speaking if you can bring the best out of the people that you interview. And that's something that I've been trying to think about more. Just like not just the questions that you ask them, but I think a lot of the time it comes down to like how do you sequence those questions to get the best out of somebody where I'm not like putting them on their heels right away. You're almost like revving up the engine, like building to this thing. And so that's been like that. That was probably like the first interview where I was like, I don't think that we were excellent, but like the content and what we covered was fantastic. And I was like, after we did that, I was like, I want to model the other creators and the people that we have on. Um, what else has like stood out was like how different and how like. So we have marketers, we have creators, we have people like Sarah that are kind of like hybrids between the two. And I think different people require like wildly different kind of like questioning and how you adapt to them and so that is like definitely stood out where it's like after the sarah interview maybe you tried to like ask the same question to somebody else and it's like a question that that really resonated with her just like fell flat with somebody else mm -hmm. so that's something that's definitely been like top of mind for me um and then the mo interview i thought he crushed it as well before we go to the mo interview that sarah interview i thought was like I think that like changed us in yeah. our podcast. Like, I, and I, hopefully she's listening to this and you can hear these compliments, but like talk about a person like you want to be around. Yeah, it just crushes. Like not just in her success, but in her, like, I don't like, I don't care about how good you are, how like successful money you made or numbers you get. It's like, 
what's your mindset? Yeah. Like her brain is like great vibe. Like she has energy. She has positivity. Yeah. She has a work work ethic. She has vision. Yeah. She has execution. Vige. Vige. And I was like, I remember we we hopped off that that uh, interview, and I, I went to go um, I went to go out um, to meet someone, and we just like talked on the phone in the car, and we were like, we were just like buzzing, buzzing. Yeah. Like we were like, we gotta do this, we gotta do that. Blah, blah. Yeah. Like I, it felt like we just took we just drank an energy drink. Yeah. And it was just like firing away and i think that's really when we took off with the carousels too. yeah and that that ex- launched our podcast i think to a bigger um audience yeah just like reach wise but the mo interview if you go there talk about a good interview yeah like we not just like what he did because like he can stand alone and just like crush it on his own but yeah. i think the way we handle it too like we were like messing around with him. We yeah. were like laughing and chirping and yelling and shit. It and was also like, getting like the good answers out of him as well. We got the business serious, but then we also were like laughing. Yeah. Like I love those moments where like he said something. We're like, damn. All right. <laughs> podcast is over, Mo. Get the fuck out of my Zoom call. Yeah. Like we're good. We got our micro content. Yeah. All right. You can or, go now. Or when he gave us like that one piece of advice, he's like, that'll be $500. <laughs> like I was crying editing that. I loved that oh, oh speaking of another interview i love the hockey collective i've been talking to patrick and text Fantastic. here and there you know he just hired a he just hired a intern yeah I'm yeah sure and it we like helped i don't want to take credit but like that That's conversation been cool as well that has been cool as well i know you can finish yeah, yeah, what yeah. you're gonna no, say no. I, i'm gonna probably say what you're gonna say is like these conversations with a lot of these guests we've had it's like they launch or it like opens their mind to different ideas yeah. not that we're taking credit at all like they had these ideas but like Speaking to like-minded people, they go, oh, fuck, I should be doing that. Yeah. I'm going to do that. And then he fucking does it. Yeah. And I message him. I'm like, dude, do you get anyone? Like, what are they like? Are they yeah. good? And apparently you got this girl. She's like really good, yeah. hardworking and, yeah. and wants to like crush it. And I'm just like happy for her. I like hearing that. And I, I go to his page all the time to watch the World Junior clips yeah. and stuff. It's 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 really good. Interesting thing. And I think the Hockey Collective and the thing that you just brought up is a great example of this. Where like, um, so the first thing, like when you bring a creator on or you bring somebody who has a page on. Um, and you're on kind of the same wavelength. I think it's awesome because it's like to what you were saying, like you can spark ideas that they necessarily wouldn't have thought of because like you have a background in creating stuff and they have a background in managing a page. And they're like, this is what I struggle with. And you're like, well, I've been doing this for like the past three years. Like I know how difficult it is, like for your peace of mind and just being efficient, like it would be so much easier if you bring somebody on. Um, and it's like this interesting balance between like right now, I think that the curators of the people that own the page are really good at what they do. And that's like building audience, building community, posting the right stuff, curating content. But before you finish, I think what I did ask him is like, what do you hate? Yeah. That's what I asked you at this podcast. Like, yeah. what do you hate about the podcast? We asked him, what do you hate about doing your page? He's like yeah. finding shit. Every finding single content. Day. Like it's difficult, more then, difficult than anyone would think. And then look what he did. He yeah. hired someone to help him with that. Obviously he still does his own shit and yeah. posts his own stuff. Cause he likes doing that to a certain extent, but it's every day, multiple times yeah. a day. So much more of a grind. And to what I had said earlier, like it surprised me how much work this is, but you have the super, my point was that you have this super interesting overlap between like all of the kind of like potential energy of like curating content is just like you can multiply that by just bringing somebody who knows like just a little bit about creating stuff and it, it opens up time and space for you to obviously what's important in life is like talk to your family talk yeah. to your friends have a full life a balanced yeah. life but also to do the things that are necessary to grow like yeah. dming like work on your merch your yeah. branding your everything website, outside of like having your fingers on the keyboard because that's i think for creators for the most part if i'm talking about most people it's all about having your hands on the keyboard, figuring out new techniques, pushing out that video. And it's like what we've seen and we can be like all 
the example that I'll give is that like we did one kind of influencer marketing paid post for a very low dollar amount, like less than you might spend going out for a nice dinner. Um, and it was like the single biggest activity that like launched our page into like, we went from like under less than a hundred followers. To, like we tripled that, I think. So like two fifty or something. Yeah. It, and, and like followers that like still like our stuff and like yeah. we talked to in the DMS, we just like chatted with, it was good. Yeah. It, was, it was good. Um, but is there anything, I, I'm trying to think of any other moments on the podcast that were really good. I think bringing on friends has been super fun for me. Cause I'm like, when we are in person or like when we see each other, it's just buzz. But this is like a setting where it's like the context is we're talking about work. We're talking about like what we do. And it's been fun to see their ideas that they don't talk about so publicly. Cause I'm like, Oh, you like, you have a lot of interesting things to say about exactly. design or about video. And it's like, I love that this gives you kind of a place where you're like, you don't feel any pressure to like conform to, Oh, this would be like really, uh, for lack of a better word, like work focused or like, you mm-hmm. couldn't say this if you're just buzzing with friends. Yeah. I've I definitely enjoyed having friends on and just like, it, it's also like easier yeah, just to talk for sure. to. For sure. But I, I think the more podcasts we do, which we plan to do, continue to do two a week and we just like chat with more people. Like we'll eventually get to that place where I think we're like a Joe Rogan where like he just like hangs yeah. and just like talks to them and like gets their thing out. Because as much as we think we want to give value, 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 it's like, People also just like hearing people talk. Yeah, for sure. Like bring back impulsive again. Mike Malak was talking about like people don't care what he or Logan has to say necessarily like the topic subject matter, but yeah. it's like they just like hearing them talk because they be like entertaining. them. Yeah. They just like them. Yeah. It's just like how you sometimes you hang out with your friends. You're like, I don't care what they say. I just like hanging out with my yeah, boys. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if they like talk about one thing or the other. It's just you just enjoy their time. So that's something I think we want to do with our of. podcast more so that, much easier in person oh yeah so much like, easier. some of the person. critiques on our podcast um a lot of the time they're like you guys are just like asking questions you're not talking like, yeah. you're not like hanging out it's like an interview like yeah guys like loosen up and like have fun and mm-hmm. i think we've done that more on this podcast here but moving forward we definitely want to be more i guess entertaining and fun but i think that's it we should we should wrap up here we've had uh what is this we're at an hour and a half on the recording wow. That's a long pod. I always go longer though. Difficult as well. Like I haven't done one in a while and I was like nervous to start and then I was like trying to get into it. Dude, when you walk through the door, I'm like, we're about to do a podcast. <laughs> I don't want like, to, I'm having a hard time talking to most because yeah. I'm like, I haven't seen this guy's face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> and you, this guy in an edit suite for like every day for a year and then quarantine hits and you don't see them for like no. months. Imagine when we, when we see Kyle again, how oh, yeah. crazy that's going to be. Insane. Well, anyways, let's just wrap this and then we can talk about Kyle forever. I Behind mean, his back. Hey, but buddy blew up on TikTok. <laughs> Shout out Kyle Moore, Morzy at Tik at Morzy with three Y's on TikTok. He's uh, doing <laughs> with three good Ys. stuff. Doing good stuff there. <laughs> um, thanks so much, guys, for watching. Uh, make sure to subscribe and follow our social media at Render Repeat Podcast on what is that? Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and make sure you check out the YouTube videos. Like we post everything on YouTube. We do. Like you get to see our facial expressions. You know us laughing and smirking, whatever. You know smirking. the fun stuff. And I think it adds more to like the experience if you're interested in that. So follow us on uh, YouTube if you haven't. It's at Render Repeat Podcast. You'll find us everywhere. All right, most amazing. This was good, man. This is fun. See you guys. Ciao, Bella. Crush some food. We're eating. Bye bye. See ya. <laughs>